the road to recovery. You might be cruising down it, a friend or family member lost on it, or the road is, well, still under construction. Relevant Recovery Radio is about getting to that destination of normal health, mind, or strength. Now, Relevant Recovery Radio, here to give you the keys, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Hello. Welcome to this week's episode of Relevant Recovery Radio. We're your hosts, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Say hi, Donnie. Hi, Donnie. There you go. We're glad you're listening. Glad you're with us. Uh, This show, Relevant Recovery, is sponsored by the Matthews Hope Foundation. We have a two-week detox and a two-year free aftercare program. The detox portion is located inside St. Joseph's Hospital in downtown Houston. It's 10 to 14 days, actually, depending on how you do. Um, And it's safe medical detox. We include IASIS in our care, which is a form of microcurrent neurofeedback, along with 12-step and spiritual groups, including Big Book. And we have recovery coaches who teach groups and wonderful counselors and wonderful clinical curriculum. And if they choose to enroll in the full care model, which is the two years, um, they get a team of recovery coaches that walk hand in hand with them for the next two years, free of charge for them. So if you or a loved one would like any information about our program, you can visit our website, which is www.mhdrp.org, or give us a call, 844-263-4673. That's 844-AND-HOPE. And we want to thank you once again for listening to us either in the H on KPRC 950, 1 p.m. Central on Sundays. Later in the day, they upload our show to the iHeartRadio app. Uh, You can listen to us on the Relevant Recovery Radio channel. You can listen to all of our episodes. KPRC also has their own channel on there. So if you're not in Houston, you want to listen to us live on a Sunday at 1 p.m. Central, you can turn on the KPRC channel. Yep, that's pretty cool that they do that. And you can also follow us on Facebook. Search at Relevant Recovery Radio. Um, and we share the podcast there and talk to our listeners through there. So so it's the end of the year. Uh-huh. It's party time. Yeah. And here's the thing. Um, it's the end of the year where you sort of like figure out a way to work less, hang out with friends. And have more fun. But it's the most hectic time of the year. Yeah. So, so it's stressful with family, friends, schedules, parties. It's holiday season. Um, and, man, I noticed something unique, and I'll just kind of, like, throw that out there. A lot of people, well, not a lot of people, a lot of men come to treatment to get sober around the Thanksgiving to Christmas time frame. <laughs> it's mostly men because... I just picture that they're with their families. And their, and families, their families are like, go. I've had enough. I've had enough. You're this not- is the 27th Thanksgiving that you've gotten <laughs> drunk and thrown up on the yeah, table. Yeah, you're not running Christmas, go to treatment, yeah. you know. But what I also notice is a lot of women don't come to treatment until after Christmas, after the first of the new year. They want to be home providing for, trying to provide for um, their family's needs. Ah, during the holidays. And so there's a flux of a lot of people trying to get sober in the holiday season, um, but mostly men uh, are the Thanksgiving to Christmas, and then the women are New Year's-ish area. And in the rooms this time of year, the topic always is how how, does, how do you stay sober during the holidays? Yep. What what is it? so that's the topic today is how to stay sober during the holiday season, and we're going to talk about this from several different facets and angles and give you all some easy tips and tricks of of things to try. Mm-hmm. Um, because, and this may sound sad, but 
if you're like me listening or if your loved one is like me and you can see this pattern, I know for me personally, there were so many different Thanksgivings that in my mind as the drug addict, I was trying to string together enough few days so I could go, Mm -hmm. so I could show up and not ruin everybody's time. And I remember one time I showed up to a Christmas because usually I was too sick or not in the right mind or didn't even remember what day it was and they didn't show up some years. But I remember one year I did show up at Christmas for the first time in a few years in a row around my family. And I was so, quote, air quotes, proud of myself because I had 19 days sober that day or whatever. And it's so, and I remember telling everybody that I had 19 days sober that day. But looking back, um, I was actually on Suboxone that I was buying illegally off the streets and abusing. So I actually wasn't sober at all. Oh, wow. But in my mind, I was, I was functioning and, and I was medicated. So I was good. Yeah. Um, the broken perception of an addict. Yeah. And so I know how heartbreaking it is to miss a Christmas with your kids. I know how heartbreaking it is to ruin another Thanksgiving. And I honestly can't fathom how frustrating and heartbreaking it is for the normal family member trying to walk through that and deal with that. And and let's face the facts. Um, When we go home for Thanksgiving, when we get with our relatives, it's not the Cosby family. (laughs) Right. Right? It's just not. (laughs) Brady Bunch. Every family has their struggle, period. There are unique dynamics in everybody's family. And everybody thinks, oh, if you had my family, or right. you're like, you don't know how crazy my family is. Everybody's family's like that, though. Yeah. Everybody has the weird uncle. Everybody has the micromanaging aunt that, you know, virtue signaling and complaining about it. Everybody has the family members that push their buttons. Yeah. And, and so... The first thing I want to talk about on staying sober well, through the holiday, what, you well, have something to say? Yeah, well, then there's the holiday Christmas party, the company parties. Work parties. I just came from one. I just went to the Matthews Hope Thanksgiving lunch. I'm just from there to here. Well, we also have a party to go to, right? On the we do have a party to go to. Oh. But, you know, you also have these corporate parties where Drinking you are, is the norm. Well, and I mean, there's a lot of those corporate parties where people get let go the following Monday, right? Because they get out of hand. And so how do you stay sober so that you don't get let go on the following Monday for something that you did? Right. But there is, the the family dynamic is stressful. Yeah. And then I think the corporate or business dynamic is I want to be like them. Right. They're here having a glass of wine Mm -hmm. or they're here having a drink and I don't want to be separate or different. Mm Mm-hmm. But you and I went through that in Paris. Right. That's what I was going to bring up was when we went through Paris and just kind of walking around seeing people drinking, you know, it was just kind of like, man, I wish I could. I wish I could experience that, that, that energy of being part of. Right. There was something, and and you and I are recovered alcoholics having those thoughts. I can't imagine being not a recovered alcoholic. Or being new in sobriety. Or trying to get sober right now and make it through another holiday season. I have a lot of compassion for that. That's why I want to get to that. There's, there's lots of dynamics of. The financial stress of the holiday season, the relational stress. Of oh, different- I didn't even think about the finances. There are so many different <laughs> financial pieces that can cause stress, whether you're the frugal person that doesn't like to spend a dime like me or you're the spendaholic that, like you, and, and we kind of butt heads on what is Christmas supposed to look like for us? What is the spending? Who are we buying presents for? How much are we spending per kid? All that sort of stuff. Right, and you can't blame the turkey when you nod off into your food because you're on heroin. <laughs> right. It was a turkey. I didn't mean to take a nap into my food. All right, so don't go anywhere. We will be right back in a minute.
Welcome back. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio with Heather and Donnie Mosier, and we're talking about tips to stay sober, how to stay sober through the holiday season. We're or maybe you're taking a nap. Just turn us down a little bit low and we'll just be a little <laughs> quiet. We'll help you go to sleep. No, listen. Um, you said something about, uh, I forget. But Heroin nod into your turkey? Right. I never did that. I mean, I may have been. I don't remember it. But um, what I wanted to talk about is I want to premise this whole show around the idea that these things that we're talking about, um, we're giving these tips to people trying to get sober or newly sober mm-hmm. um, in that walk, in that journey. Because you and I, here's the thing I know about me um, and based on my recovery, I'm six years sober, you're nine years sober. Truth is, by the grace of God and a 12-step fellowship, I do not struggle to stay sober during the holidays. Same. It is. It has not been a struggle for six years. I don't fight the drink or the drug idea anymore, and I no. haven't for six years. It's been completely removed, and that's what we mean when we say a recovered alcoholic. Um, but there's lots of people who want sobriety that aren't recovered yet, that, that, that desire, that insanity, that this time will be different, hasn't been removed yet. And so all these tips and tricks that we're going to be talking about and, and ideas to consider, that's the class because there's a whole other class of people that are absolutely recovered and you're like, what are you talking about? It's just gone and I don't have a desire to drink. I don't need, well, cool. But we're really wanting to be helpful to those newly people trying to find sobriety right now. There's a lot of people that are in their first year coming yeah. up on their first. I mean, okay, let's talk about that. Do you remember your first holiday sober? I, I remember that I was living in a sober house, and mm-hmm. I remember painting stockings with the girls that we all lived together. And I had that little chihuahua, Mr. Big. Rest in peace, Mr. Big. And um, that's basically all I remember. I remember I wasn't allowed to see or speak to my children yet. I, I, my family was a thousand miles away, you know, um, and we were just trying to make the best of it. But we were just really busy with sober house responsibilities and sponsoring other women and the meetings and different accountability type stuff. Um, it was partly somber. And, and I didn't, I don't know. It didn't feel like Christmas. It didn't feel, you know, but I really, yeah. I don't know. I was happy to be sober, but it wasn't normal life yet. Right. You were still in that bubble. I was still in the bubble. <clears throat> do you I remember mean, for, your first Christmas sober? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I do. I do. Um, I got sober in April of that year. So by that point, I had, what, eight, eight. months sober, something like that. You got, yeah, you got sober in April of 2013, right? Yeah. yeah. So that year, having to go to um, any kind of, like, so my ex-wife, whom I was married to at the time, oh, okay, here you go. So we go down to Mexico and we're hanging out. Well, they they drink. Yeah. But they're normal. They're they, no, can they can do drink. that, yeah. right? Um, I, I'll never forget one of the first times I went down there. They have these, it's called a caballito, and it's you have a shot glass, well, double the height, mm-hmm. right? And so they would put tequila in this thing, and I did like the American, right? And I just shot it. This is before you got sober. This is before I got yeah. sober. and But they don't do that. They sip on that thing, That's which weird. is just really weird to me. Um so my first year sober when I went down there and they're drinking, it didn't bother me, but for, I don't know, 10 years prior, I had been down there and I would always drink with them. Yeah. Uh, and I will never forget my ex-brother-in-law made a comment, you were much more fun when you drank. 
uh, went after you were sober. And he, my, he was like, oh, my, "Hey, it reminds me on the my episode of mad. Fr- reminds me of the episode of Friends when Fun Bobby isn't fun anymore when he gets sober. <laughs> right. <laughs> you you right. know, hey, buddy, we liked you better when you were drinking. Yeah, yeah. and that's basically. That's but she was so mad. Oh, she was mad because she because wanted you sober. Needed me sober. Yeah. I, I was a wreck. Um, so there was the difficult family scenarios because you always have all the family dynamics that. People that are normal and sober have trouble going home to the family, right? right? And then now you add on that you're not drinking and you normally did to cope. That's what I, with all the relational strains, financial or money strains, uh, corporate strains, there's a lot, we get into habits that this is what we use to cope. Sometimes the drugs or the alcohol or what, that's how we get through those. I'm super introverted. And uh, when I was not sober, I could be extroverted with ease. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't with added substance. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and it made those social situations more bearable. I felt so uncomfortable in my own skin, sober in before you know before sobriety this time. Mm-hmm. And so I want to give some tips and tricks on things. One good thing is to plan ahead. Like look at the family uh, parties that you're invited to. But what about this? Don't go. Right. So, if it's your first year sober maybe and you're go. worried and your family doesn't get along, and don't go. But what I also want to say is that's what I'm saying about plan ahead. Choose your events wisely. You don't have to go to everything that you're invited to. Um, you can choose to go to one Thanksgiving and not three different mm-hmm. houses or one Christmas or stack them a week apart or whatever you can do and, and not overload your day to where you're adding stress unnecessarily. But yeah. also... Have an exit plan when you do go. There may be a family member that says something that totally changes the mood of the whole thing. You were doing fine until X, Y, Z happened. And you need a safe exit plan. You need your own vehicle so you can go. It's also good to uh, take a buddy with you. Take, you know, maybe another family member or a good close friend of the family. Someone who will help hold you accountable so they can see if you're off, if you're starting to isolate, if they see you highly stressed. They'll be like, hey, buddy, do we need to go? Because what doesn't help, and you kind of touched on it, but I almost really want to go back to it a little bit, is that the holidays by themselves are stressful, Mm -hmm. right? The second (laughs) week of November, the third week of November, when you get into Thanksgiving, um, through November, through December, you said it. So people have to buy gifts that maybe they can't afford, or they're racking up credit card charges, or... Uh, they have to go to corporate functions they don't want to, or they have to go to that family Thanksgiving mm-hmm. where, you know, stupid Uncle Jerk is going to be there and he's going <laughs> to say stuff that I hate or um, all of that stuff is going on. And In addition to being newly sober or, so you know. So before we even go to the party, hmm. you and I don't stress out over finances in the holidays. No. Because we don't that's go buy I, anything we can't afford I with cash. I pre-plan way ahead of time how much, uh, who I'm wanting to buy for and shop for and the budget of it. And I pre-plan that month ahead. But where do we where do we get our validation, esteem, and happiness from? God. So therefore, we don't have all those stresses during the holidays. Yeah. I'm not buying people's love and, you know, getting into all this debt. I, I remember as a little kid... Uh, my dad worked extra hard to have one of those trees just piled underneath it with presents, right? I got, I, it was like make a wish list, you know, two months prior, and I pretty much would get anything on that list. We my, were both spoiled brats. I was a spoiled brat, and I wasn't, didn't appreciate anything, and I was yeah. just always so entitled, and Christmas just really got warped and became about getting things. Mm-hmm. And, and it was just, 
oh, it was such a, it just set me up for a lot of failure in life, even though his motive was really good. The other weird thing I want you to pay attention to this year, now that I said, I want you to think about it as we go forward, is how often your friends will all buy all new stuff for themselves over Christmas. So <clears throat> there's all that shopping, all that money spending, and I bet you it's 80% on yourself while you're going shopping. And <laughs> Some 20% people will be like that, yeah. People, I know I did it. It's yeah. like, oh, it's the shopping season. You know what? I really wanted that thing. It's just such a weird energy when it comes to the holiday season and the sales are on or Black Friday this or all. It's just a crazy energy. And I always notice it early in Houston because the Houston drivers are worse, m- more aggressive, more entitled in the holiday it. season. It's the weirdest thing. Starting next week. <laughs> no, it's tis, now, man. Tis the season is going to take a dark turn. Yeah. When you get on the roads, when you're driving around malls, when you're going around anywhere, people will literally start to attack each other on the road, yeah. um, and it's just self, self, self. And so what I was saying, what I, the reason I was saying that is even prior to the Thanksgiving, the invites, the corporate, the, all of that, take a look at where you are. Mm-hmm. Okay, so maybe this year you can't go buy a bunch of gifts for people. Maybe you can't do this or that. Like, but maybe you can make something. But be okay with nothing. Mm-hmm. Be okay. Look, we're in America. We're in a comfort crisis. Consume, consume, consume. We need the next electronic gadget, the newest one, even though the one we have is fine, but it's not the newest. We need, maybe if we start to relax a little bit on all of that going into the holiday season, some of these other things won't be such a big deal. Possibly. Possibly. I think that that, that's a good point. Let's go ahead and take our quick break. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio. We'll be right back. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio. Relevant With Heather and Donnie Mosier. We're talking about tips. Uh, Every to time stay I go to say it, I, my R's rel- run together. Yeah, you're not good at it. No, I can't. I don't speak good. <laughs> well, I think you speak well. <laughs> well, you're from Oklahoma. So. <laughs> you're good with the words, honey. Um, we're talking about tips and tricks on how to stay sober the holiday season, especially if you're newly sober and still struggling with the idea that a drink or a drug is a good idea. Evidently, it's frowned upon to stab a relative at Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, you so you can't do that. We gotta... And so one thing I think is important to talk about is increasing support. You can increase your support ahead of time, like you were talking about, and during the time, like mm-hmm. I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's good to make sure, like, what are what is your support system? Do you have a support network? Yeah. Um, Do you have sober friends and sober buddies? Are you attending 12-step meetings and making sure you're bulking up with your sponsor and your step work on spiritual things? Yeah. Um, I think it's a horrible, horrible idea to be in the middle of writing a four-step and then go home for Christmas or Thanksgiving for the first time. It's going to probably go bad. Oh. Like we said, you could skip. You can skip. I think they would rather you skip than start drinking One of the most beautiful things, I think, is to get to step nine and to go home for the holidays and start making some real amends. How many family members do you think know that their relative is going in the bathroom and snorting cocaine <laughs> 12 times in an some hour? Some of them will know. Some of them have no clue. Right. But I think you got to increase your support. Some other ways you can increase your support. <laughs> My dad's house, prior to being sober, I was buying a, whatever the largest bottle of Crown is, 
before you go to the handle. Mm-hmm. I think it's a seven fifty. No Every day, because it was Thanksgiving. It's a holiday, and and nobody really like said much. It was just the way I did it. And so you get up like, well, I'm at my dad's. I've traveled. I'm on vacation. People start drinking at ten. Mm-hmm. This is okay. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that you're not talking about what I'm talking about at all. But I'm trying to say increase I just had that your, memory. Yeah, that's cute. Increase support. Um, if you don't have a therapist, get one. Um, if you're not in grief counseling and you need it, go do it. Increase yeah. your support so that you have tools to pick up and use. That's the important part is that if you didn't have the right tools, we get it. But there's so many tools out there that if you want to stay sober. You can. I, and, and I had an old timer tell me that one time. I was concerned. I had this new guy and he's on the fence or he's not doing this. And I'm, I'm more concerned about his sobriety than he is. Yeah. And the old timer just basically is like, look, if he wants to stay, stay sober, there's nothing that'll stop him. Yeah. But if he doesn't, there's nothing that'll keep him sober. And, he, and his point was is that there's, there's plenty tools. of tools at his disposal. And I think the catch-22 to cl- clear up any confusion is for those of us listening that understand the difference between acute and chronic addiction or alcoholism, we know that we, people like me and you have lost the power of choice, and I don't have a choice in staying sober, but I do have a choice into working a program of recovery or picking up the tools laid at my feet or seeking those tools. That yeah. I have that choice. Yeah. And if I'll pick up those tools and actually use them, I stay sober. Correct. You know? And so another way is is to be mindful, like you were saying, of the time that you spend around relatives and know your limits. So yeah. what do you think about what how do I know a limit? What what does that even mean? How do I know if like I'm at my limit? I think um let's let's take Thanksgiving. So a lot of people travel for Thanksgiving. Maybe they leave Tuesday night or Wednesday, they're at their relatives through Saturday, they come home Sunday. Mm-hmm. I think you plan breaks into it. I think that if you have a contentious family if you have a family dynamic where there's some infighting or there's some issues, maybe you are newly sober and you're going home and you have a relative who's a drunk. Yeah. Right? So there's, I think you plan sometimes. So you almost bake that into your schedule like Wednesday. I'm not going to go sit with the family that I have all this trouble with mm-hmm. for 12 hours. I'm going to take a break in the middle. I'm going to find an excuse to get out for a little while, get a breath. And here's a good example. Maybe find real, a meeting, maybe right. call, call some friends, talk to a sponsor. If you're going out of town and it's not your normal area, look up your local you know, 12-step meetings. Yeah. Look up your local churches or support groups or celebrate recovery or whatever you're into. Like, like those are there for you. Go, go use those even when you're traveling. When you and I used to drive to Oklahoma every other weekend for a year, mm-hmm. um, I really wanted to keep really good interactions and positive relationships <laughs> with my family going. And, and sometimes I get irritated and I get to my limit and I didn't ever want to ruin time with my family. So you and I decided strategically to always get an Airbnb or a hotel instead of staying with my family. Even though it wasn't imposing to them, they would have been happy to and, have us there. And they were a little upset that we did. They wanted us to stay there, but for it, our own sanity. It was my limit. It, it was, yeah. It and, was my limit. So that way when we were there, it would be good quality, positive time. And, and it was really important, I think. During this, that chunk of time for us to do. And this is where we're also talking about, okay, so let's get a scenario. Uh, let's say you and I are going, let's say I'm six months sober. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're normal. You're a normal person. So this is really like a dream here. <laughs> and we're going up to Chicago. We're going to go visit my dad. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is where I can utilize you mm-hmm. because you being the in-law 
the guest can be like, hey, husband, I want to go shopping, just you and I. Yeah. I want to go do this. Like you could be that person to get me the one struggling out of the house for a couple hours. Right. That's that's the definition of a real good support system that you should have with going yeah. with you, if possible. Another thing to consider is about the drive. Uh, a lot of people might feel really tempted to drive alone, and it's always better to have someone, a buddy, a family member, a, a sober partner to make the drive with you, uh, if possible. Or at least, you know, talk to them on the phone. Yeah. You know, call some people. Call your sponsor. Call someone you sponsor. You know, it's okay to struggle, yeah. and it's okay to call people. Have uh, some. Um, there is some amazing 12-step f- speaker tapes, and you and I love to listen to speaker tapes while we're on the road. Yeah. And and uh, that time just flies, and I'm not n- noticing specs that we pass or anything right. like that, right? Another good thing to, to consider as we approach the holiday season is to really celebrate the relationships in your life. Like like we were saying, when I go up there, I want to be different towards my family, but I am not perfect. I'm still fallible. And, and so I've got to gauge how much time I can devote to them, how much interaction so that I'm the daughter they deserve, or I'm the mother they deserve, or I'm the sister they deserve. And I really got to to consider the reason for the season. I'm gr- I'm supposed to be grateful that I have these people in my life and I have these opportunities to love them and, and give to them and not just how do they annoy me or how do they drive me crazy. And it's also, am I looking to glean something? Am I looking to get something out of this? Or am I looking to bring something? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, uh, I was two years sober. I had not seen my dad since I got sober. Um... So I'm two months, two years sober. I had dropped a bunch of weight. Um, I'm just, oh, I'm living, one. yeah, I'm one. living a better life. So I go up but there. But you're to, still a total jerk. Well, I was getting to that. Okay. You just ruined the whole story. Go ahead. Now they, that was going to be the shock that I could actually be a jerk. That was what no, was going to surprise everybody. everybody. Knows. Oh, everybody knows. So I go up there and I was just pompous and arrogant. Like I don't so drink arrogant. anymore. I'm better than you. Look how spiritual I, I am. Look how healthy I eat. Yeah. And it was probably one of the worst visits I've ever had with my dad. And it had nothing to do with my dad. It was all me. I was imposing, pushing. I wanted him to know how well I was doing. I wanted him to be proud of me. I, 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 I. That's a good point to make for anyone newly sober. Don't expect your family to just pour on the accolades. Congratulations, you're finally not killing yourself with drugs or alcohol anymore yeah. for the last few months. They don't care. You, you've been you've been doing this. You, <laughs> you have been an alcoholic or a drug addict for how many years, but now you've been sober seven months and you want us to the be real totally goal, different. You wanted the accolades and the praise for how different you thought you I were did, and, yeah. and what the attitude you should have had uh, was... Was the one I had when I went later. at four years sober. Yeah. So at four years sober, I went back. Um, rode and my motorcycle up there I love, alone. I love it the was really story. Great. Tell them what your sponsor told you when you were scared to go for the four-year visit because you had been such a jerk on the two-year visit. Without the curse words? Yeah, without um, the curse words. <clears throat> so I called John, and I'm nervous about going to see my dad again, and it's just going to be me alone. I rode my mo- motorcycle up there by myself. It was really great, actually. It was a really spiritual experience. And so... I get up there, and before I get up there, I call him, and I'm like, hey, man, so I'm going up, so I'm going to do my best to be humble and helpful. (laughs) And he said, bleep, bleep, you couldn't fake humility, so why don't you just go up there and do your best to be uh, helpful? Yeah. And that's what I did. I went up there and was just tried. I just tried to be helpful. I didn't push anything on him. I didn't try and show him anything. I didn't. I was just helpful. And I literally, I helped him around the house, helped him in the yard. 
and and my dad relaxed and it was probably the best visit he and I have ever had. He told me things that I had never known before. And I think like, that that whole, you told me about that story multiple times. So I know it had a profound effect on you and it had to have on your father too. And so that's the goal. When we have to be around family, consider it an opportunity to be of service, to serve others and not yeah. self. It's not what presents am I going to get? How are they, are they going to compliment my new look or my new hair? Or well, the, that was, that was the other cheat code my my sponsor John gave me so going Ask if you're going to a, them. if you're going yeah if you're going to a corporate party or you're going to be just around a lot of people who are drinking and you're nervous about it what my default is is to go in there and talk about me and how good I'm doing and guess what I'm doing and guess what I like and, and guess instead, how cool I am instead ask all about them people love to talk about themselves so and I did this at a, I did it at a party one time and I just kept asking people questions about themselves I was the hit of the party <laughs> and they knew nothing about me and another thing about corporate parties is to also have a prop like a drink as soon as you get there at a corporate work event go get your soda pop go get your tea you know have a yeah. drink in your hands well so don't no put one any off- alcohol in it right, though. This but, so no one thing. offers you one yeah. <laughs> don't go anywhere we'll be right back after this quick break Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio. I was giving you the eye. I'm, I'm Donnie, and this is Heather. And what I love to do when I bring us back in is I pause until it gets awkward, and Heather gives me this death stare. I'm like, will you talk? <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's so great. Um, You're just, like, making me unhappy. It's fine. It's fine, Donnie. Everything's it's, fine. It's marriage. So we're talking about ways, tips, tricks to and so we've been talking sobriety about sobriety first. We've this. been talking about family, and we've talked about corporate, but let's just talk about the holidays in general. So I know when I met you, you hated Christmas. I had, I had a bad experience as a kid. Yeah. yeah. And you didn't want a tree. You didn't want to decorate. And my dad was the same way. My dad was always such a Scrooge about decorations. And, Festivus. Uh, so That's anyways. what I'll celebrate. Festivus. So here's the new trick. Here's a trick. Here's a tip, everybody. Create a new tradition. Yeah. Start a new tradition that's something that you and your family, your current immediate family, that y'all start doing that's special. Some, some I know a lot of new traditions. One of them is uh, those chocolate bombs, hot chocolate bombs. I don't even know what you really call them, but it's like these chocolate balls that you sell or buy or make together. And then you put them in a cup of hot milk and it melts the chocolate and it turns into this hot chocolate bomb. Oh, wow. It's like a thing right now. And so people are loving doing those. Um, our friend Gay, her whole family, they get together, all the women, one whole day and they mm-hmm. bake Christmas cookies together. Aww. It's a thing they do. And you and I have a tradition that we started um, that we're going to continue, I hope, forever. And you might think that this tradition is weird. And this is with our with our sober family. Yeah. So this is a, an extended family. This is the people that we roll with to meetings and fellowship. So we and have a very uh, tight, we call it the family, but it's our, our tight, sober community. It's a chosen family. It's a chosen family. And so Donnie and I have a Christmas PJ party at yeah. our house every year where everyone wears Christmas PJs. And here's and the, there was some incredible onesies last there year. There was some incredible pajamas last year. Do you remember um, Viggy and Bree and Robert? And I think it was Jason, maybe. They were all four people. Matching, were matching. Matching. It was and, so cute. Yeah, it was great. Matching PJs, like, like quadruplets. Yeah. But our other uh, tradition that we created is when we put up our tree and when people come to our PJ Christmas party. We lightly decorate it. We lightly decorate it because everyone is encouraged to bring an ornament that represents them. 
to put on our tree. <laughs> it was pretty great. And if you can that. imagine a bunch of sober drug addicts and alcoholics, they bring some really random things. But my personal favorite yeah. is Lovely Brie. Yeah. Um, and she brought the key to her Lexus that her drug dealer tricked off that she didn't even realize got stolen for like ever. <laughs> now, what do you mean tricked off? For the, for our audience that's Doesn't not, know a, what that means. that's not a criminal. So during one of her last relapses, she was hanging out with her drug dealer and apparently was too high and let the drug dealer borrow it, which the drug dealer then sold it, kept the money and bought more drugs and cut Brie out of the whole deal. But right. I was talking to her the next morning because she was wanting help. And she was walking around a parking lot looking for the car because she thought it got impounded. And I'm like, yeah. honey, that's not what happened. <laughs> <laughs> and so all she had was the Lexus key from that tricked off car. And so that got hung on the so tree. So that got hung on the tree. Somebody, what's the stuff that you spray for a heroin overdose? Narcan. So somebody had put a Narcan on the tree. Yeah, we got a Narcan on our tree. Um, we, uh, well, a some gaze, of you may remember. A bottle of hot vodka. Hot there's a, vodka? It's a little ornament that's a pretend bottle of vodka that, and gay that, that hangs on our tree. Yeah, because she used to keep a bottle of hot vodka in her, in car. her car to take pulls <laughs> off of. And then a lot of you may remember one of our guests, Candace. Mm-hmm. Uh, her and her husband were homeless and panhandling at one time. Yep. And they brought their panhandling signs. Yeah, that they got made hung on the they, tree. Like, they made little mini replicas of their exact panhandling signs and brought it for our tree. So that's what I mean about building new traditions. I know ours is a little wild, but our our sober family is a little wild. I mean, we have a candle in our bathroom that says, "Please don't do meth in our bathroom," which I think is great. Yeah, it's just a friendly reminder. It's you know PSA. So, so think about what your family might do with new traditions. Um, maybe it's the elf on the shelf with kids, or maybe it's a drive-in movie, or or you know a Christmas movie night at the church or whatever. Think of something that you can do with your immediate family or your friends, your sober family um, that you enjoy. Right. Right, because there is a lot of things that we have to do in the holidays that we don't enjoy, right? right? Company parties or um, family gatherings that are stressful. Yeah, I I really enjoy laughter. And so I love seeing what crazy things our friends bring to hang on the tree. Yeah, and I'm excited. Like this Saturday, we're... I love this recovery life, right? Mm -hmm. So tonight we are going to see some good friends of ours have an engagement party. Tomorrow we are going to a Friendsgiving party slash housewarming party for our friend Amanda and John, Mm -hmm. uh, who are both sober. And they they just bought a big house this year. And so we're going to go celebrate an early Thanksgiving with them, which I'm really excited about. But... It's full. We right? have a lot of good stuff going yeah. on in our life. And I'm just... I, this recovery life is not boring. No, not at all. If you jump into this, you get into the, Our lives are not boring. We are not a glum lot. How can... If someone's newly sober and they're looking for, to have fun and they're looking to find this family and develop this, and we know that comes over time, but in what ways, Donnie, do you think someone can make sobriety their top priority? How? What is it they do or don't do that means sobriety comes first? Get involved like how often do we see somebody that shows up five minutes before a meeting they sit through the meeting and they bolt out gone bolt it's we don't get to get to know you that way i never get a chance to say hi quite often there is a group that is going to go grab a meal after after a meeting or at least coffee but it's common Mm -hmm. don't wait for an invite Invite yourself. We want you to go. I don't want to have to walk around to each person and be like, hey, do you want to go? Hey, do you want to go? Hey, do you want to go? Hey, we're going to go eat coffee. You're all invited. You're invited. We want to include you. That is the way alcoholics are. When we are in recovery, we are doing this life together. You are automatically invited. So that's number one is that when you are going to a club or a church meeting or wherever you're going, if there's a group going somewhere, go with them. I don't care how uncomfortable you are. 
I don't care what you'd rather be doing, mm -hmm. but if you really want to enhance your life and enjoy your life and, and be sober and happy. Get involved. That's step one. I think that I Jump hate, in. I hate cliches, right? Um, but one of the cliches that people say is anything you put in front of your recovery, you'll you'll lose first or whatever, something yeah. like that. Um, and it's kind of true. You've got to make sobriety, your recovery, your, your top priority. Um, nothing should come before it. Right. And and so, so many times people get sidetracked during the holiday season and they become too busy to still go to the meetings or still meet with their sponsor or still do the spiritual work or still fellowship. And, you know, they got so many things going on yeah. and they don't make time for recovery. I think it's so important. The last bit that I want to talk about as we wrap up this, this show is I saved the best for last. If yeah. you do nothing else, all the things we just mentioned in the previous 40 minutes, if you do none of those, this is the one you do. You ready? Heroin. Well, or <laughs> or spirituality. Oh, um, I oh, do tell. Well, it's the only reason I'm sober. Six is this years. A new concept. Nope, not new at all. Not new at all. Um, I want to communicate. God is the reason for every season, and He's the reason I'm sober. And and if you're not like down with God, but you are down with spirituality, what, whatever language that you don't have a prejudice to. Okay, insert word there. But what I'm saying is, is when you tap into supernatural spiritual power through spiritual disciplines and actions, you end up having power to do or accomplish things that you will never accomplish on your yeah. own through your own willpower. Doesn't matter if you have a fantastic family that loves you. Doesn't matter if you have a wonderful therapist and a good support system. It doesn't matter if you're got an exit plan, and doesn't matter if you got a buddy driving with you like if you and well what you're saying is that if i am spiritually connected there's no chance of relapse right no chance of relapse yeah. um so what what does spiritual connectivity look like so if you're in a 12-step fellowship what does that look like then you're meeting with your sponsor every week you're getting through the step work you're taking advice from the sponsor you're probably and if you're not meeting with your sponsor you're meeting with a sponsee yeah yeah, you're yeah yeah if you're through with. the steps um, or you're, you're serving people. You're you're helping others somehow. Hopefully you're in meetings. You're going early. You're staying late. Hopefully you have a home group. Hopefully you're of service to that group. Um, hopefully you're praying and meditating every day. Maybe if you're on 10 and 11 steps, then you're doing a written nightly um, and, and seeking God in those areas. There's lots of ways that you can build spiritual disciplines. You can read spiritual literature, different types of meditation. What the, what's the sentence on the bottom of 14 going into 15 about? It says, if a person fails to perfect and enlarge their spiritual life through... Self-sacrifice? Self-service and self-sacrifice for others, they will not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. So this holiday season, there's going to be trials. There's going to be low spots. You're going to be in front of people that you don't want to be in front of. And if I don't maintain some spiritual growth um, as I get to those trials in life, trials are certain, yeah. I won't make it through sober. So let's remember this. As you go into the holiday season, gratitude is simple. I'm alive today. I've got a house. I've got a bed. I've got people that love me. Let's keep it real simple. Let's keep it happy. And God, please help me stay sober for yep. today. Don't forget, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. Hashtag God, though. <laughs>